Hello. Hmm? My name is Dave Anthony. Sure. Uh, this is a historical podcast mm-hmm. of historicals. Each week, I read a story from American history to my friend... Gareth Reynolds, who doesn't have any idea what the topic is going to be. Or something like that. Did we forget how to do it? It's, but we're rusty. It's been a while. <clears throat> well, that's the best we can do. Good night, Thank everybody. You. Thanks, all. God, do you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. I see done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Rainmakers had their heyday in the Midwest in the 1880s. I'm going to need you to calm the fuck down. (laughs) Rainmakers had their heyday in the Midwest. In the 1880s and 1890s. And these are gentlemen who make it rain? That is correct, sir. Yeah. Like NFL safeties in the strip club. Much like that. Yeah. Uh, There had been a belief for centuries that artillery explosions caused rain. After the Civil War... I mean, we have been... We're really stupid. (laughs) When bombs go off. After the Civil War, a man named Edward Powers wrote a book called War and the Weather, in which he said that most Civil War battles caused rain. I mean... This just has no connection to reality, right? I don't know. Americans also believed prairie fires caused rain and that the Chicago fire drenched itself. I mean, obviously wait, after it burned the city fire. down. <laughs> after the city burned down. So, then, uh, I mean, the fire department is really just if you're in a rush. I mean... Because otherwise, points. fires will put themselves out. Yeah, because they burn so much that then they start They start raining. rain. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Congress spent over 20000 testing uh, the explosion-causing rain theory, but it did not bear out, and the theory sort of faded away. But then the fume theory took hold. Finally. The fume theory was also an ancient idea. Uh, it is, was believed that noxious fumes, like the smell of uh, bodies on a battlefield, caused rain. Okay. This led to a whole new breed of rainmakers in the U.S., each having their own secret formula. Oh, this is going to be so disturbing. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like, is it not? I mean, uh, like, from no, what I heard so guys. far... Body, I just thought that we were going to really it's jump un- in real quick. It's understandable. Some dude's going to be feeding some family people and being it's- like, it'll rain soon. <laughs> Trust. <laughs> oh, no, the rainmakers are coming. Head to the hills. <laughs> um, there were big name rainmakers like Frank Melbourne. Uh, Mel- known as the Melbourne. Aus- known as the Australian wizard. <laughs> Mel- was his name really Melbourne? Melbourne, yeah. Wow. He was called the Australian Wizard, and G.B. Jewell, who practiced from a specifically equipped boxcar that he would what? take around on... Just rolling around in a boxcar that made it rain? On train tracks. Wait, so he's just rolling in a, bo- a solo boxcar? He'd roll it, yeah, he'd roll it in a solo boxcar. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it doesn't even work. Make it rain. Come on, that guy's awesome. I mean, he's not, he's not not awesome, but I'm curious about how he's rolling around in a boxcar from town to town. You've got to pull it, I guess. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be some assholes. Like, <laughs> you really know how to make it rain? Yeah, I'll show you. Keep pulling. 
And then there was Charlie Hatfield. Charlie was born in 1875 in Kansas. His father owned a sewing machine agency, but sold it and got into real estate. In 1886, they moved to San Diego. Uh, Though they were no longer in the sewing machine business, all the Hatfield kids learned to take sewing machines apart, adjust, and repair them. Cool. At the age of 11, Charlie uh, became a newsboy selling the San Diego Union. Then the San Diego... uh, Oh, then, then the San Diego economy ground to a halt. And at the same time, Los Angeles was having a real estate boom. Okay. How unusual. Mm-hmm. So, the Hatfields went to L.A., ending up in Pasadena in 1893, where Charlie went to high school. Okay. After graduating, he became a salesman. The country went to war with Spain in 1889, and Charlie tried to join up, but he was rejected. Okay. For being too thin. Oh, boy. Hard target. Skinny Charlie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hard target. Take him. Turn sideways, he can't hit him. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, God damn it. It's just a twig. But Charlie had another calling. Oh, boy. He spent much of his free time in public libraries looking at rainfall stats and about the science of rainmakers. <laughs> so, actually, finally, somebody who was like, isn't this bullshit? <laughs> just after a nice stretch. I mean, this is really horseshit. I mean, right? it's really bullshit, right? A drought had been going on since the mid-90s. It was not just affecting farms, but now everyday life in Southern California. Hmm. What a crazy time. I know. How weird does that sound? A housing boom and a drought? Not my L.A. Never heard of that. In 1899, a well-known rainmaker named W.B. Hughes had tried to get a contract to make it rain from the city of Pasadena. His cost was $5,000. The Los Angeles Chamber of Commerce rejected the offer. Uh Uh-huh. Fools. Charlie attempted his first rainmaking on a ranch his family bought in San Diego County in 1902. Okay. He got to work on the top of a windmill tower on the ranch. There he apparently set off explosives. Good. Get that rain going. A longtime family friend named Fred Hansen said that Charlie's mom said the explosions would someday make her son a great man. Hmm. That's my boy Charlie up in a tower making explosions. It seems like he's a real troublemaker. He's going to be president. Uh, Take care. (laughs) (laughs) But Charlie always said he evaporated a fluid from shallow pans and didn't use explosions, even though people could see the explosions. Okay. Either way, rain began in San Diego County in April 1992. In July, almost an inch fell. Oh, boy. Charlie claimed he'd made it right. I did it. I made a boom boom. I'm special. Charlie was said to have an almost religious zeal, the attitude of a man with a mission. Though he was kind and acted like a gentleman, he always wore a business suit when conducting his rainmaking work. Well, you got to respect the sky. (laughs) You're basically giving a job interview to a cloud. (laughs) You got to show up. Uh... (laughs) When Fred Hansen asked him how he handled, as a salesman, houses with signs that said no peddlers, Charlie responded, I don't believe in signs. Hey, there's not a lot of people with that policy. (laughs) I don't believe in law. I just pretend like it's not there. Yep. I don't believe in cops. I'm a fucking asshole. I don't buy jail. Over the next year, Charlie, with the help of his younger brother, Paul, built three more towers to experiment on. Uh, one he built in Tahunga Canyon, mm. November 6th through November 9, 1902. 
More than three inches of rain fell in the area and 1.95 inches in Los Angeles. Uh, the other towers he built in Big Tahunga and Inglewood. He said he created half an inch of rain in Inglewood in September 1903. Okay. He's fucking banging it out. Yeah, he's really creating a lot of rain with his towers. Yes. <laughs> uh, then he was offered his first pro rainmaking gig. Ah, uh, finally. The Going big pro. leagues. Yep. After three years of horrible drought, Southern California was desperate. It was so bad that Catholic and Protestant churches got together and requested in the newspapers for a day of prayer for rain on Sunday, January 31st, 1904. Whoever you're praying to, please pray to them. Just take a break from the Super Bowl. Got to cover our bases. The prayer was not effective. No, what? I know, it didn't work. Did they say please? I, I, maybe God was out of town? Yeah, he's busy. Two days later, Charlie Hatfield was setting up shop. The rain season usually begins in late January in Los Angeles. Sure enough, two days later at 6 p.m., it started raining. What? I know. How? Heavily. And it rained on and off for the next week over an inch downtown. The downpour sent the Los Angeles River on a rampage, killing two people, tearing out the 7th Street Bridge, and overflowing the 4th Street Sewer. He's too good. He's way right? He overasked. Kids fucking got it. Too much. Kids fucking... Know when to say when. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, he showed us, didn't he? Yeah. Right? For sure. How about you reel it in next time, Charlie? Yeah, just build less towers, asshole. The papers immediately said it was the work of Hatfield, completely ignoring all the prayers. Yep. And they continued writing about it for days. It was written that he had set up a, a, a high tower in La, in La Crescenta on the co- corner of New York and Foothill. About Far. eight blocks from where I live. <laughs> Far. <laughs> uh, there's a 76 station there now. Uh, thank you, and Hatfield. A, and a t-shirt store that went out of business called uh, Mooks. Why did it? Go ahead. I can't understand why Mooks went out of business either. I mean, very clear who they're targeting. They're great. Um, there, it was said, uh, Charlie said, he mixed chemicals and sent vapors into the air. He said it would take somewhere between three hours and five days to bring rain. Okay. So a, win- a window. But that's a great window. I mean. That is a good window. I mean, that's, that's fine. Yeah. If you can make it rain if they're in a drought. Sure. Okay. I mean. Right. Because of this miracle, Charlie became known as the Wizard of Esperanza, the Spanish word meaning hope. I'd be like, can we please change that? I'm a wizard. Look, it's the Wizard of Esperanza. Please don't call me that. I've said no. After the rain stopped, Charlie and his brother Paul dismounted the tower and left. They went back to their jobs as sewing machine salesmen, where Charlie made 125 bucks a month. But word was out about Charlie's rainmaking and his services were wanted. He then spent a lot of time in Central California and his reputation grew. By 1907, farmers in Oregon called for him and word of the rainmaker spread across the West. Yeah. He went to Texas, Idaho, Arizona, Kansas, and other areas west of the Mississippi River. In 1912, he had two very lucrative rainmaking jobs. One was in Carlsbad, Texas, and the other was in Hemet in San Diego County. He now called himself a moisture accelerator. Oh, wow. That's terrific. 
That is so politically correct. <laughs> uh, rainmakers actually, uh, we're kind of sensitive about that. Yeah, that's I'm a, a moisture little, accelerator. It's just a little insulting. It's just well, it's just that's not what I do. I'm not yeah. a rainmaker. I, I just accelerate the moisture. Right. So it's more appropriate. Of thank a term. you. So I'm the worst. Don't call me. Thanks. But so at this point, he has to be buying this shit. I mean, he has to be believing that he's actually doing stuff. I would imagine so. Right? Yeah. Or is it like the symptom of like where a preacher is like. Maybe I can actually heal people who are paralyzed because well, he's faked his way through it so much. I mean, he, I think he's a 100% bullshitter. Okay. Uh, quote, will you guarantee to produce rain? A Hemet News reporter asked. Charlie replied, I certainly will or it won't cost the people a cent. Well. But it did rain. Here was the contract. Four inches of rain for $4,000. No rain, no pay. Charlie would set up his rain apparatus from May, uh, March 1st to May 1st. For each inch of rain, he would get $1,000. Up to four inches. The town wouldn't have to pay for more than four inches. Locals agreed to the terms. So, uh-huh. he came to Hebit on March 1st. It was already raining. Okay. People assumed, many people assumed, that would be that, and he would move on. Right. But he had a contract... And hadn't started rainmaking yet. Wait. So, wait. Yeah. Yes? So wait. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. He, he hadn't done anything. Right. He hadn't, he hadn't started his rainmaking <laughs> And it started process. to rain. Well, it was already raining, yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you have a question? Oh, isn't that a clear enough question? <laughs> Are you asking if he, if he shouldn't make rain? Well, he didn't make rain. Well, hold on. That's my question. A man named Witten asked Charlie what he would do since it was raining. Charlie said, you may get three inches from the storm. I can give you three and a half. (laughs) He's outbidding nature. (laughs) (laughs) Terrific. Uh, So he's an amazing bullshit. Oh, I mean, well, that's tremendous. (laughs) (laughs) The carpenters went to work and built a tower near a lake three miles from the town. Uh, by the time Charlie started rainmaking, an entire inch had fallen. Okay. For whatever reason, the locals were mostly supportive of his efforts and Why? believed in what he was doing. No, no. Well, you, I guess you don't want to hedge your bets a little bit, too. Hey, look, Buck, I think we can get double the rain with this fella. Uh, hey, look, more rain the merrier, right? Yeah, I mean, if, yeah, I mean, it might stop raining. It'll be $4,000. I said, what's that? What's that? Huh? The local news reported on the rainmaking without it all being critical. Hemet had one of their biggest rain years on record. Charlie got credit for more than seven inches of rain. Wow, so he's just fucking loaded. <laughs> the paper wrote, So well pleased are the ranchers in Mr. Hatfield's work that there has been, that he has been prevailed upon to store his apparatus in Hemet until next season when he will likely come back and take a bigger contract. It's a hell of a game, the rain-making game. God, it's fucking I mean, amazing. sorry, the moisture-accelerating game. Uh, He then went to Texas, where he was also very successful. Charlie then uh, went to San Diego in 1915, which was beginning uh, to be concerned about not enough water. Although, oddly, the city's storage was far from critical. Marina Reservoir was said to be holding 5 billion gallons of its 15 billion capacity. Okay. But it was understood that water shortages in California should be anticipated. You remember that? <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> We've done a good job. We've really handled it well. 
<laughs> I just got a 30-gallon toilet. Oh, good. Uh, San Diego is well acquainted with Charlie Hatfield and his wife, who was raised there. One well-known man in San Diego who pushed strongly for Hatfield to make it rain was Fred Binney. He was a large, lean man with an ample set of whiskers, a squeaky voice, an English accent, and a belief in socialism. <laughs> Binney found himself speaking for Hatfield in front of the city council when one councilman smirked. You do not smirk in front of Binny. And Binny yelled, When a man comes in with a simple, sensible idea, you treat him as though he were a lunatic. And he stormed out. <laughs> That's the behavior of a lunatic. That's awesome. You just made our point, the Binny. Smirking. Did you smirk? I am. That's it. Fuck you all. Fuck you all. Then, late in 1915, Binny made an appeal in the local newspaper. Took it to the people. This is going to be a dumb appeal. The councilman then showed some interest. Early in December, Charlie appeared before the council. The council asked Charlie to put his proposition in writing and to come again. Charlie drew up his own contracts without using an attorney. He usually offered three propositions. His first written proposal stated that by June 1st, he would produce 40 inches of rain at Marina Reservoir. This is bold. Uh, Free, uh, free, uh, uh, I... To be compensated from the 40th to 50th inch by $1,000 per inch. Okay. Okay. Jesus. Uh, He also offered to fill Marina Reservoir by December 20th, 1916, or he would cause a rainfall of 50 inches by June 1st, 1960, for which he he would be paid $500 per inch from the 30th to the 50th inch, or $1,000 per inch from the 50th to 60th. All the plans uh, worked out to (laughs) $10,000. Really? Yeah. They but, were all basically the same. But is, I mean, is he not promising shitloads of rain? They were all the same plan set in different ways. Right, so that he would make $10,000. Yeah, he's promising a shitload of rain. A shitload. A shitload. Okay. <laughs> On December 13th, the council voted 4-1 to one to accept Charlie's offer to fill the... That one, so validated. <laughs> Fucking morons. Fine, yeah, get him in here. <laughs> Okay, guys, I'm going to read a book later. What about you? In the stare at the bush. I'm going to pray to know what's inside the book. Okay, uh, so he's supposed to fill the reservoir by December 20th, 1916, and asked uh, the city attorney's office to prepare a written contract. Councilman Moore explained, quote, if he fills Marina, he will have put 10 billion gallons into it, which would cost the city one-tenth of a cent per thousand dollars. If he fails to fill his contract, the city isn't out anything. It's heads the city wins, tails It'd be crazy to not do this. How can we not? It, what's the catch? There's no catch. It's, it's perfect crime. It's free water. <laughs> There's no downside. Uh, Marina Dam had been there since 1897. It was a huge reservoir that could hold 15 billion gallons and had never been full. Mm-hmm. Charlie did not wait for the written agreement from the city attorney, and he went straight to work on January 1st. <laughs> You're air quoting work. His... Assistant was not Paul this time, but Joel, the youngest Hatfield brother. Paul had returned to selling sewing machines. The tower was built on a slope along uh, the road leading up to the dam. Nearby farmers heard explosions. Then flames were seen leaping from cauldrons, and vast billows of foul smoke rose skyward. And he's really buying his own bullshit. The at this chemical point. stench was said to be dreadful. Oh, God. Well, well, he's just up in a tower. Hey, look, the- you wanted rain. I'm a wizard. Yeah, I mean, just like cauldrons <laughs> flaming. You'd be like, is this? Why does he have a big pointy What's hat on? What's he doing? Yeah. You grew a beard? Yeah. 
Newspapers counted off. Moisture accelerate. He's got like a wand. Pacha. Form of a dragon. Come on. Excelsior. Newspapers counted off the days left for Charlie to meet his deadline. Bookies took bets. Oh God. Great. What do you want? Fifty on rain? <laughs> what are you looking for? Huh? Look, I'm de- what I'm telling you is I didn't tell you that you needed to guarantee that there'd be rain, but you guaranteed that. Now, if you don't pay up, I'm going to take your fucking pinkies. I just thought. I'm going to take your fucking pinkies, dummy. Okay. Can I go double or nothing? No, on no, no more. Can you just hear me out? Can I go double or nothing on sun? You know how you're going to have to pay me. Yeah, I know. Rain check. The only, the only visitors who were able to get actually close to the tower uh, were Seth Swenson, the dam keeper, and his wife, Maggie. I just love that there's a dam keeper. Dam keeper. This guy up there, I keep the dam. You're the best job in the world. Hey, honey, you go outside and look at the dam today. It's still there, pumpkin. All right, let's take lunch. Um, so Mrs. Swenson would answer her telephone and rele- relay messages to Charlie who was two miles away on his tower. On January 5th, the good rain was reported at Marina Reservoir. Wow. The San Diego 1916 rains had begun. Heavier rain started on January 10th. For 24 hours in the backcountry, it rained hard and almost continuously. From the 15th until the 18th, it continued to rain hard. And on the 14th, it had rained torrents. Roofs leaked, storm drains that had not been taxed for years overflowed. The San Diego River went over its banks and spread across Mission Valley in the early hours on the 17th. Real tragedy developed on the 18th in the valley of the Tijuana River. There, around 40 families, 100 people or more, lived in a colony. By the way, the whole colony, that whole colony, I didn't go into this, but it was a whole colony built around the idea of irrigation. Oh, God. <laughs> the well, they river. never had a chance to try it. <laughs> the river left its channel and overflowed their homes. Wait, what's irrigation? <laughs> oh, shit. We're being irrigated. Oh, we did it. It cut a new channel and destroyed many of the homes, carrying them away. Two women were drowned. Main highways and railroads were closed. Lower Otay Reservoir filled and started flowing over. It became apparent that people were were interested in the activities of Hatfield up near the dam. The San Diego Union's main headline on the 17th read, Is a rainmaker at work? He's a moisture accelerator. Thank you. Hatfield continued working on his rainmaking apparatus. The sun finally came back out. Crews went to work on the railways and highways. By the 24th, automobiles were able to drive north again, but the damaged rail lines and the coast highway could not be repaired that quickly. On the evening of January 25th, another heavy storm approached. This time, a a river of water rushed out of the canyons of Bilboa Park down 15th Street. All businesses were stopped. People, People gathered on cliffs overlooking Mission Valley to watch the flooding. It felt like the rains would never end and the damages would continue on forever. The San Diego River was a mile-wide torrent now covering Mission Valley. Jesus. So what? Well, you asked for the fucking rainmaker. I mean, seriously. Well, you can't put the genie back in the goddamn bottle. Well, you asked for the rainmaker, right? Oh, here we go. 
You want me to stop it? Fine. Let me light some water on fire. Remember when you were like, it's heads we win, tails we lose. It's what everybody's fucking losing. All right. Trees tumbled, sticks of lumber, railroad ties, and parts of houses floated around. Cattle, horses, sheep, and goats tried to run about. The Santa Fe... Santa Fe Bridge was ruined. The Coastal Highway and Santa Fe Rail Line were cut in several places. Debris of all kind, including broken parts of buildings, piled up 20 feet high at obstructions on the beaches at the mouths of canyons. The Adobe Bell Tower at the Pala Mission fell down. More than 200 bridges were washed out. Roads were severed. At 5.05, the dam at Lower Ote began disintegrating. Wow. A wall of water 40 feet high rushed down the valley. Jesus Christ. Total disaster. The coroner's office would estimate the dead at 50. Oh, my God. Charlie was in another world up in the mountains. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. You see how much rain? Boy, oh, boy. Boy, this is nice. This is nice up here. Get away. I'm just up here with my cauldron making rain. <laughs> Keep it going. From Marina Dam between storms, Charlie had telephoned the San Diego Union. So between the first storm when there was just mild flooding and right. the second, the earth is over storm. Right. And he was quoted as saying, I understand the newspapers are saying I didn't make the rain. All I have to say is that Marina has had 17 and a half inches of rain in the last five days, and that beats any similar record for the place that I have been able to find. Give me my money. Charlie got a message from someone named, uh, from someone via Mrs. Swenson. He was told to go back to San Diego immediately and sign an agreement with the council because he had not done so yet. Okay. Without one, he would not be paid. Right. Charlie said he didn't take the message seriously and continued making rain instead. What? It's your money. You're a swindler. I like making rain. You know what? I'm going to make so much rain, they're not going to be able to not pay me. They'll float up here with the checks eventually. Miss Swenson said one day she told Charlie, it's sure raining now. And Charlie replied, you haven't seen anything way yet. Wait two weeks and it'll really rain. No, Charlie, don't help anymore. Like a psychopath. Charlie, no. I'm going to make it rain so fucking bad. <laughs> You're all going to regret it. Who wants to buy some sunshine? <laughs> you son of a bitch. Have you met my brother, the sunmaker? <laughs> this is Dennis. He's a light accelerator. <laughs> Charlie, and, and this is my other brother, he makes fog. Hi, how are you guys doing? He's not. Uh, we have different dads. Did you want fogs? He's a half-brother, uh, but he can make fog. Um, It'll come down from the hills. He's, he's special. And, um, you won't be able to see the mountains. You know, he's not so much... We pretend he makes fog. He, really, what he does is he makes these little plates uh, that he paints, uh, and he, he sells them out of a chest. Um, I like to smash plates. Yeah, but he, also, he makes fog. Uh, anyway, if you want to get us... I can't see you through the fog. He's blind. Uh, he is fully blind, if you're asking. Uh, he should have his glasses off. Uh, Charlie and Joel stayed at the lake until three days after the big storm. On that day, uh, the phone line to the Swenson's College was repaired. That's when Charlie learned of all the damage. Hmm? Damage? uh, Squeeze me? Hmm? And he was told uh, someone was organizing a party to come up and lynch him. (laughs) That's not much of a party. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) We're going to kill you. Charlie decided it was time to leave. 
As Charlie left, two men who worked for the San Diego water utility were coming up the mountain to confront him. But they never saw Charlie. Could you imagine two guys are coming up and going, what the fuck did you do, Rainmaker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so great. All right. Uh, but but they, uh, they never saw Charlie or his brother because Charlie saw the men coming and hid until they passed. Smart. Yep. It took Charlie and Joel two days to walk the 60 miles to San Diego. When they got there, Charlie held a press conference. Jesus. What else would you do? Uh, just be anonymous. It's just the thing to do right now. Yeah, I'd look at that money. People have died. What's the best way? Fifty to people have died that with tact. Yeah, yeah. Go have a press conference. Yeah. Um, in photos, he and Joel looked all cleaned up, well rested, and very nice. Whew. He said he was surprised by the devastation, but at this point, he had learned people wanted to deny him his fee, and that's what he was most interested interested in talking about at the press conference. Oh, God. <laughs> you got to say your heart goes out to people just real quick. <laughs> First, Charlie talked about his rainmaking career and disclosed a bit about his methods. I mean, it's just it's like a psychopath. About me? Uh, no, nobody asked you that, asshole. First, I want to say I, I've done this in Los Angeles. I've done this in Turlock. Do you understand how many people have died, sir? Oregon. I even went up to Alaska and did this. Uh, Utah. You want me to keep naming the states? I've no, nobody asked you to name a anything. A lot of places. Uh, I'm a rainmaker. You, uh, right. And I use fumes. The man with the weird glasses who looks like he's trying to make fog next to you. He's that's my brother. Hey. He makes fog. <laughs> How you guys doing? Oh boy. Did you want fogs? He's eating the mics. Uh. Charlie said he would be willing to give his secret to the U.S. government. And that he ex- expected... I'm full of shit. He expected the city to pay as agreed. And then... But that makes sense. Then the reporters started asking questions. Uh, there were reports that the council did not intend to pay. Uh, will you sue, Charlie? He said he did not want to cross that bridge before he reached it. And he assumed I don't want to cross that bridge before I've ruined it with rain. I mean, there's no bridges. Hey, hey! <laughs> yeah, really am I right? Oh, God. Boom in the back, next. Oh. <laughs> If Hatfield were to get credit for the rain, would you accept liability for the damage? Charlie said the benefits would exceed the damages. Hey. Those benefits were not only all the water, but also the jobs that were being created to repair the roads and bridges. Hey, it's a real, it's it's the new coal. And build coffins. Yeah. I mean, these are jobs. Yeah, you're making a lot of money in those industries right now. Coffin making has never been hotter. You know what? You might as well call me the money maker. Hello. In the back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. How about the deaths, he was asked. How about him? Hey! The deaths were terrible, but Charlie said he did not feel responsible. The city should have taken adequate protections. Good. Good. Fair. Great answer. Fair. Great answer. Great answer. He's always been talking to a PR person. He gets it. Uh, After the press conference, Charlie knew uh, the man he needed to speak to. City Attorney Cosgrove. Okay. Cosgrove did not want to pay Charlie his fees. Charlie expected a bit of a confrontation, but Cosgrove was the opposite. He was super nice, businesslike, and very disarming. That was probably because he knew that he held all the cards as the contracts Charlie had written up were complete shit. (laughs) Who needs a lawyer? They, uh, uh, oh, shit. 
Okay. Um, they, they seem like a legal contract, less like a legal contract and more like something a guy who sold sewing machines would write. Sure. Cosgrove told Charlie to file a written statement detailing what he claimed to have accomplished and in how much time. I mean, really just for a laugh, right? Could you write up everything so I can um, prove you didn't do it? Sure. Yeah, I can do that. I can give you a... Sure, I can write up a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I'm a huge bullshitter. I'll just write this stuff up. Here you go. And then you'll pay me. Here's a bunch of horse shit. Now pay me. I've written seven pages of garbage. And I'd love to get paid. So Charlie wrote a seven-page claim that was basically uh, sales talk. He argued that while he was operating, the city only had three days of sunshine. Since he stopped, the sun had been shining daily. So obviously, the council owed him money. Uh, it's it, irrefutable. It couldn't be more clear. It, there's no holes. Couldn't be more clear. Zero holes. Couldn't be more clear. In his claim, Charlie made the mistake of claiming to have been directly responsible for four billions of gallons of water that ran into Marina Dam. Charlie then appeared before the council on February 17th and asked for his $10,000. How much, asked Cosgrove, do you claim to have put into Marina? Charlie said, four billion gallons, if not more. But you agreed to put in 10 billion gallons, said Cosgrove. There were 5 billion gallons when I started work, and it required 15 billion to fill the reservoir. I claim that through the instrumentality of my work... Instrumentality is good. Uh, four billion gallons were put into the reservoir, and the other was the indirect result of my work. Okay. So, any questions or feel good? There's direct, and then there's indirect. Thank you. Okay. Uh, according to his own statements, this is uh, Cosgrove. According to his own statements, this man has admitted that he put only four billion gallons of water into the reservoir. He offered to, de- to deliver ten billion gallons. Therefore, uh, he has not fulfilled his contract, and there is no liability on the part of the city. The council then voted to refer the matter to the city attorney, <laughs> which he's the like, guy is saying. Excuse me? Uh, we're going to refer the matter to you. Right. Uh, the guy saying that you're full of shit? Yeah. We're going to refer it to him. Right. So he's the guy you want to talk to. Sorry, but... We just voted. Right, but he... He does not like you. Yeah, he's already said that he thinks I'm full of shit. Right. And he's handling things now. Uh, good to see you again. Uh, so I think you're still full of shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's... Uh, uh, so, uh, basically, denied payment. The real reason the city attorney did not want to pay Charlie was that if they did actually hire Charlie legally and they paid him for producing the rain, then the city would be claiming responsibility for making the rain, and then the city would be held liable for all the damages right, in the flood, right. and the claims were at $3.5 million. Well, The stakes are pretty high. <laughs> Charlie hired an attorney to file a lawsuit. But in reality, he was just trying to force a settlement. Charlie offered to take just $4,000. Look, I don't want to be weird. Look, I made some rain. I get it. Give me four grand. Things got weird. Four grand, I'll get out of here. Four K, I'll be out of your business. I'll leave my brother here. He's the fog guy. Walk right out the door. You can have the fog. You You get fog guy. You can have Sunshine Tommy. Sunshine Tommy right there. Dennis the Sunshine. Uh, I'll even give you Lightning Jim. You know what I mean? And this is... me. Lightning Jim? Lightning Jim. <laughs> Don't make me do it again. I can't. Lightning's a little bit strange. Uh, and then my other brother, Sandstorm. Hello! Sammy. Who no one seems to want. Let's go, Sand! <laughs> Sit down, Sammy. 
It's the worst superhero weather. It's team like of the all Captain time. Planet people. Sand, lightning, guys, fog. I'm the fogs. Hey, it's not plural. I disagree. Bring on the fogs. Here's the fogs. Uh, uh, so then uh, Charlie offered to take even less than four thousand. That's when Cosgrove said he would pay the te- entire ten thousand. Okay. If Charlie would sign a statement taking responsibility. Charlie, 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 baby. Eey. This is not the kind of. This is like what a boy band signs their first contract. <laughs> you gotta think. Read the fine print here. Charlie did not take the offer. Okay, good. Still, two damage uh, lawsuits brought by residents of San Diego did reach the courts. The courts found that Charlie was not responsible and that the flood was an act of God. <laughs> Which is both great and insulting as right? fuck. He's yeah. like, no, I want to... Uh, I'm in such a tight spot. Well, I... If I lose the lawsuit, I am a rainmaker. Uh, if I win the lawsuit, I'm not a rainmaker. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a witch trial. Uh, but the city, the city still made cash settlements to people who would settle out of court. Okay. Because they hired a rainmaker. Yeah, yeah. It's so they fucking crazy. So they were like, yeah, whatever we got to do to pay to get this problem out of here. Uh, Charlie Hatfield's fame only grew after San Diego, and he received more contracts for rainmaking. But now he made sure all contracts were signed before he started rainmaking. <laughs> no shit. In 1925, Stanford U- University president David Starr Jordan revealed Charlie's quote con man methods, writing that his technique was. To just arrive at the end of the dry season. Then he would produce rain within 30 to 60 days, just as the normal rain cycle predicted. <laughs> but no one seemed to care. He was still hired all over California. We're smart. In 1929, he tried uh, to stop a jungle fire in Honduras. What, he's stopping being, jungle fires? After being hired by banana farmers. What? Those I mean, poor guys. There's the movie. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> banana farmers hiding a rain, hiring a rainmaker. To stop a fire. Uh, in 1928, uh, Southern California secured the rights uh, to water from the Colorado River, and the need for a rainmaker like Charlie quickly went away. We During, need him now. Right? During the Great Depression, he had to return to his work as a sewing machine salesman. His wife divorced him. Mm. Well, you're no longer famous. You know, so, I'm marrying a fucking rainmaker. I could still make machine. rain. I just have to stitch, too. God, I know. I never wanted to be married to such a common sewing machine asshole. Oh, God. You... We used to live the goddamn life. Oh, we I... got invited to the Oscars. I wish I could make it rain. New options for partners. <laughs> Charlie Hatfield died on January 12th. 1958, and took his chemical formula with him to his grave in Forest Lawn Memorial Park Cemetery in Glendale, California. Where it rains all the time. We gotta find it and rain on it. Yeah. Charlie's lawsuit lingered uh, forever, though. It, nearly 22 years. It was finally dismissed in 1938. Jesus. Um, just before his death, Char- Charlie told the reporter, quote, to this day, I've never felt right about that San Diego City Council <laughs> to this day No shit When we started There were 112 bridges in San Diego And when we got through There were only two Imagine that There wasn't a train into San Diego From Los Angeles for 32 days Everything had to go by boat He excitedly recounted <laughs> What an asshole Yeah they're like No don't 
It's a bad thing. Yeah, 50 people died. I nearly did it. It was awesome. I shut down all the roads. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that guy. Well, um... I mean, just people. I just, I would love, I mean, it would be nice if we could just give, at this point, we should try to, any one of these people like that, we should try to hire to get a little rain going here. Yeah, we need it. Yeah. So what we're saying is, we want a rainmaker? Charlie, yeah. If, if there's a Hatfield out there. If there's a Hatfield out there. We've got, we need you. We beg. Hatfield, it's time for a hat trick. We beg it for you. Please. <laughs> Send the fog guy, too. Love a little morning fog. Uh, it's gonna be foggy out tonight, boy. No, oh boy. I gotta check. Has he slept? God, he's masturbating again. <laughs> Come on, let's make some fog. You can't see me. I made Tully fog. Yeah, that's right. I've got the cloak of foggery on. To the hills! He's found dead the next day. Cloak of foggery. He, uh, he fell pretty hard off one of these cliffs. He did not think anybody could see him and he thought he was fog he thought he could walk uh on air and uh he took a nasty fall uh, died on impact that's the only good news we have from this one and lightning jimmy <laughs> vows revenge all right right You're this way lightning gonna, the whole goddamn valley's gonna pay for what you did to my lightning brother. jim we got our hands on your hard drive and um there's some stuff the police need to talk to you about <laughs> <laughs> what it was research for a book uh, interesting. Thank yeah, you. You're very Thanks, welcome. everybody. Thank you for... Thank you. God bless. Oh, God. Thanks, we guys. We a little trip down to America. Hey. And we learned a little bit about... A little fun place. with American history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what we do on the hashtag dial-up. What made this country? You're finding out. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this, uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. To join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 